Paul Mackey here, and I got some idget. It's fresh, want some? Dog Days of Podcasting Day 20, and I'm filling in on a work shift tonight. Was Jeremy about to be confronted in a bathroom? In this one, we turn back into Minnesota, Belgrade, Minnesota, near the Crow River, just a short drive from Crow Lake. It's a crow. Really Big Things, a serial by Paul Mackey, Episode 9, Crow. Jeremy sighed as he zipped his fly. His head was swimming, both from the information he was trying to digest and the pint of beer he'd just downed on an empty stomach. As he turned toward the sink, the restroom door opened and in walked Jack. The two made eye contact and Jack looked away nervously. "'What the hell did you do to me?' said Jeremy in a low tone. Jack backed away, but only a step or so until he was against the wall. He held up his hands and said, "'Stay calm, Jeremy, and I'll explain.' "'Start explaining,' said Jeremy, stepping closer. "'There was a, a mistake, a, a mishap. "'You weren't supposed to get the pills. I, 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 "'I thought you were someone else. "'How do I stop these?' things from talking to me. I'm starting to feel like a crazy person. Jack licked his lips. Look, I, I, I don't have much time. Those, those pills came from some people, people who hired me to distribute them. They're looking for you now, and they will find you. Are they dangerous? Jack looked away again. No, no, but they're, they're going to ask you to help them. You need to be careful of them. Eric older guy, kind of grizzled and balding, and a woman, Suzette, a younger, shorter, uh, short black hair, and uh, what What do they call that, a, a bob? What about a blonde woman? About so tall? Jeremy held up his hand. She, I don't know anything about a blonde woman. Just be wary of Eric and Suzette. Look, I gotta go. Watch out, and I'm sorry. Jack turned quickly and left. Jeremy started to follow him, then sighed, went to the basin and washed his hands. Everybody's sorry. Chris turned around part way and looked to the restroom door. Jeremy was taking his time, poor guy. He pulled the baggie out of his pocket and rolled the pill between his fingers. That first year of school. Days of sleeping late. Blowing off classes that were way too Geology easy. Geology 101 rocks for jobs. Physics 101. Mysteries of the sky. General education is a temporary mate. Plenty of time to pick something later. For now? What's happening tonight? How good is that herb? Bong's cash. Scrape that resin. Where's a keg? Don't mind if I do. Hey, pass it over. Got any eggs? Couple of these and you'll go all Nice night. fat rail. What's this cut with? Drywall plaster? The good times. Now, success of sorts. Rents due. How much of an advance? Hit the road. What percentage of expenses? Track the mileage. How's my favorite brother? Middle of North Dakota? Just get him away for a while. Nothing. I'm fine. Whatever. Fuck off. Impulsively, Chris tore a hole in the baggie, popped the pill in his mouth, and washed it down with some ice water. He flagged down the waitress, ordered a second beer for Jeremy, and one for himself. Let's see what kind of trouble we can roust up in Jamestown tonight, thought Chris. I'll just say, look, Jeremy... I'm your shoebox. Jeremy sat back down in the booth. Chris said, Look, what do you know about Wyckoff? interrupted Jeremy. Chris blinked for a second, mentally shifting gears. Well, for starters, if you were interested in Wyckoff, you should have mentioned it in Darwin. We were a lot closer then. What's in Wyckoff? They call it 
Ed's museum sometimes. Basically, an old pack rat never threw away his stuff. Then he died, and instead of just scooping it all into a dumpster, some of the ladies in town organized a bunch of it, and now people can go look at it. You said it's far away? Pretty far. A lot closer to the twine ball. Jeremy, there's something... No, no, I don't want you to tell me anything else tonight. I've had enough. We're headed for bed. You're going to take me to Wyckoff. You owe me. Okay, said Chris. Not sure why I'm doing this. I mean, I normally leave my sister's relationship troubles to her. It was now mid-morning, and Chris was driving them back down I-94 in Minnesota. Well, maybe that's worth considering next time she asks you to sideline her soon-to-be ex. Chris sighed. What had been a momentary load off his conscience the previous night was turning into a load full of grumpy from his main supplier. Chris turned on his blinker and pulled the car onto the next exit ramp. "'Where are you going?' asked Jeremy. "'I'm going to drop by the giant crow in Belgrade. I may as well get some work done while I'm doing my penance.' Jeremy grumbled but said nothing. Soon, out in the middle of nowhere, they were standing beneath a giant crow perched on a branch. Jeremy stood with his hands in his pockets, resolved not to say anything for fear the crow would want to add to the conversation. Another car was pulling into the small parking lot, and Chris took a couple more shots and then turned to Jeremy. There's a little museum inside the pedestal. I'm heading inside. Jeremy grunted, and Chris turned and walked toward the base of the crow. So which one is he? asked Eric. The taller one, said Jack from behind the wheel, with his hands in his pockets. All right, I'm going to go... Wait, said Suzette. His friend is going inside. I'll talk to him. I'm a bit less intimidating, she said, looking Eric up and down. Plus, I can get a good read on him and not leave him talking to thin air if his friend comes back. Okay, said Eric grudgingly. But be careful. We still don't know for sure if this whole thing is a mistake or a double cross. Excuse me? Came a voice from slightly behind Jeremy. He turned and glanced at the woman. He tried unsuccessfully to mask a slight double take when he realized this was Suzette, who Jack had spoken about. I think we have a friend in common named Jack, she said. Jeremy's eyes narrowed. Suzette didn't look in any particular way dangerous. Jack had warned him, but just how trustworthy was Jack? I know a Jack. Suzette actually physically stumbled back a step. Something wasn't right here. Not sure if I'd call him a friend. Uh, Jack gave you some pills accidentally? said Suzette unsteadily. Look, said Jeremy, stepping very close to Suzette. I was warned about you. I want you to go back to your car and stay there until I leave. Leave me and my friend alone and don't follow us. I don't want any part of what any of you are up to, including Jack. Okay, then. Suzette said weakly. She turned and walked back to the waiting car. Suzette got into the passenger seat and closed the door. She then slumped toward the dashboard, pain obvious on her face. Suzette! exclaimed Eric. Shut up! she hissed, and she took three or four gulping breaths. Just give me a second. But did you... She said shut up, said Jack, earning an angry glare from Eric, who nonetheless pursed his lips and said nothing. On the other side of the parking lot, Jeremy and Chris got into their car, and after a moment or two were heading back toward the main road. Suzette sighed, her breathing now a lot closer to normal, and got back out of the car. Jack and Eric followed. She walked over near the crow and called up to it. Hello? Were you paying attention to the guy I was just talking to? The guy who was just here? I kind of wanted to eat him. Eric's eyebrows narrowed. 
but you don't actually eat. Hmm. Still, he smelled like food to me. Suzette turned to Eric. Something's wrong with that guy. I could barely get a read on him. Some kind of interference. I've never seen anything like it. It's like he's distorted. Did he say anything? Asked Eric. Not really. Just stay away and don't bother. Fat chance of that, growled Eric. We should probably be careful, said Jack, but Eric was already turning toward the car. We can catch them if we hurry. Suzette took a step toward the car, and suddenly her eyes rolled back until only the whites were showing. She collapsed to the ground, out cold. You have been listening to Really Big Things by Paul Mackey. Suzette was read by Darcy Zeppelin. Music is Chronodermis by Nanochrist. Look them up at www.nanochrist.com. Please send comments and feedback to reallybigthings at gmail.com. Ah, my first real experimentation with audio production. The successful part was the overlapping audio early in the episode. I'd call Jeremy's distorted wrongness less successful. I just kind of distorted, reprocessed, threw in noise, and that was the effect. It was rough getting it messed up and still understandable. Part of the trouble was that I didn't have all that specific a goal from, aside from messed up. And the other part of the problem was I really didn't know what I was doing. We also get the crow himself. I'm sad to say I had tried to get the late Joe Murphy on a good day, but his illness was progressing faster at that point than I really knew about. R.I.P. Mason Rocket. I got Jack Mangan to take on the role and he was happy to fill in. Well, I should get on with my day, so I'd better get this recorded. We'll see if I release it before I get to work. Well, I should get on with my day, so I'd better get this edited. We'll see if I release it before I get to work. Happy hunting! You have been listening to the One Idget's Thoughts On podcast, produced by Paul Mackey in association with Quadruplez.com. Theme music is Too Good by Jack Mangan and is used by permission from him. If you would like to hear other podcasts by me, you might try The Ghostlight Podcast, a completed intro cast about the TV series Slings and Arrows, or Idgetcast, an intro cast for the TV series Supernatural. Both can be found on fine podcasting listening software everywhere or at quadruplez.com. Paul Mackey here, and I got some idget. I got some barking dogs, too. Yep. Outside and inside. <laughs>